The Drive Guys powering your afternoons Monday through Friday on Sacktown Sports. We'll get to the 49ers in the Super Bowl in just a moment. About 10 minutes or so, Chad Brown, former All-Pro linebacker, uh, is going to join us to talk more about the Super Bowl. But right now, we are talking about the NBA trade deadline. On the chat here, Kyle Draper, yeah. we have this. Manny Too Legit uh, says, Whitey wants DeLon Wright and Draper wants Wiggins. Who would you take out of the two? And Campio says, Wiggins. My guy Campio, yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Wiggins. You don't want Wiggins. Why do you want? You have to give up a lot to get Wiggins. No, you wouldn't. Malone well, Wright's going to be like, eh, <laughs> second rounder maybe. Yeah, we'll give you a you know bag of basketballs or something. Whitey, it's okay to admit, you know what? Drapes, you're right. You know, you're, you're right. You would be uh, right if Wiggins was Wiggins, but he's not Wiggins anymore. You know, during That's the break, the and, and I'm going to keep it real. During the break, I was sitting here thinking because I know that, you know, people were bringing up Wiggins. We were going to talk about this. I was going to say, and I'm, I'm a pretty sure I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it, Wendy. I'm, I'm going to just say it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> okay. Whatever it takes to get Andrew Wiggins here to Sacramento, make it happen. Why? Because, and I'm not saying, like, why? I'm just asking. Why? Because I think Wiggins, there's still some upside to him. I think Wiggins that we saw in the finals against Boston is still there somewhere. There's a lot that has gone wrong in Golden State since the punch, and it's not all Wiggins' fault. It's not it, Wiggins hasn't played well. Clay hasn't played well. Draymond's been in and out of the lineup. Steve Kerr's being questioned. And so I think Andrew Wiggins needs a fresh start, a clean start. Now, the only hesitation I would have, Mike Brown knows Andrew Wiggins. Yep. And so if Mike yep. Brown knows something we don't or isn't pushing for it, all right, then I'm okay with it. But if if Mike Brown's cool with it, Go get Andrew. Wiggins. I agree with you. That'd be my whole thing if I had interest. If I was Monty, and uh, I know Calpio says, "Thank goodness Whitey's not running the team." But if I were Monty, I'd go to Mike, say, "Hey, you know, look, we could probably get Wiggins." Blah, blah blah. What do you think? And I would if he, right, you know, right. If he's like, "Yeah," then all right, we do it. Okay. But, yeah. Well, then so, you won't. Right. Yeah. Mike knows him. So I understand what you're saying. I right now, based on what I do know, I would not be willing to assume that risk. But I understand what you're saying. Dallas supposedly is really interested in. But they're interested in all those yeah, guys. Yeah, they're interested in everybody with a name that yeah. you know is making twenty plus million. They're interested dollars, in Kuzma. Right? They're interested in Wiggins. Yeah, they're yeah. interested in everybody. Anyone but, but Grant Williams. I would even take Grant Williams, Kyle Ledbetter. Bring On, Grant Williams here. Dallas doesn't want him. Yeah, because Dallas doesn't know how to use him. Like in this system, I think Grant Williams, and I was looking at him earlier today and thinking about this. I like Grant Williams. A hmm. uh, tough defensive-minded guy can knock down the corner three. Like, I'm, I think Grant Williams is a high IQ basketball player, too. I would take Grant Williams in a heartbeat. And so I'm glad we're having this discussion here because here we are on the eve of the trade deadline. Yeah. And those are two guys, Wiggins and Grant Williams, I would be high on. Uh, the end here says, hypothetically, even if there was one player out there, to take the team to the next level, the Kings don't have enough assets to acquire said player, which is probably true. But that doesn't mean, in my opinion, you shouldn't try to improve. Mm. When the Kings, excuse me, the Warriors, I might say, when the Warriors first acquired Wiggins, and this is not a shot at Wiggins, I'm not, I'm not coming after you. When they first acquired him, his first game, um, they they were playing the Lakers, 
And, you know, there's a lot of questions about Wiggins because a lot of people said, this this guy's terrible. I don't know why they're picking him, uh, why they're drafting him. And the Warriors said, no, he, he's got a lot of upside. His first possession, he was guarding LeBron, very first possession. And he dug in and he played really hard defense against LeBron. I remember watching that going, I think this guy's going to be okay. Yep. And as you said, the year they won the championship, that was the best Andrew Wiggins we've ever seen. That was close that was to the great. Wiggins that teams envisioned he'd be when, you know, Cavaliers picked him first and traded him. But since then, it's like, for whatever reason, it's just not there, Kyle. It, it's not. I, you're right. It's not there. And But there's a lot that's not there in Golden State right now. It's a bad situation right now. And something happened last year that sent Wiggins into, you know, whatever place he was mentally, and it's been hard for him to get out. This is by far the worst season of his career. Let me go back three seasons ago, Whitey. Not the championship season, three seasons ago. Uh, 21, I believe it was. Okay, so they were, I think, got knocked out of the play-in. 71 games for Andrew Wiggins. 18.6 points. 38% from three. I'll take that. Five rebounds per game, solid defense. You know, overall, his shooting numbers, he was at 47.7%. Then in the uh, championship year, 17.2 points, six, uh, uh, 46. Like, he's been good. Like, Andrew Wiggins right now, not right now, but last season, two seasons ago, he's been a solid player. And you come here to Sacramento, he's not the number one. He's not the number two. He's your fourth best player. That's what they said about him when he went to Golden State, and it turned out and they won a championship. Awesome to degree under that. But why would you think that was a, lo- a while ago? What you're talking about? Why would you think that whatever he's going through this year and last year, why would you think that ah he'll be fine here? I mean, let's be honest. Now that one of us, we don't even know what it was. Right, right. Uh, you all, you hear all the rumors and everything, but uh, and he's had a few moments this year. Yeah, I think he's had a couple nice games, but overall, it's like. Eh, it's just not there. That's a huge risk. It's not there. It, but, you know, when you're a team like Sacramento, a smaller market, you're not going to get a free agent to come here. We know that. They don't even have the money to sign a big free agent. Well, I understand that. That's like when you got Weber because, like, yeah, he was, his stock was down. Right, no one wanted. Right. I understand it, that. And I'm not saying Wiggins is Weber. No, no, Nobody's no. Nobody's saying that. We're yeah. not saying that. But I think in terms of his length, we need positional length. And Andrew Wiggins gives us that. Andrew Wiggins, he's listed at 6'7". What's his wingspan? He's got to have like a 6'11 wingspan. Hold on here, Whitey. I'm going to pull it up real quick because this is important. This is something we don't have on this. He's got a 7-foot wingspan. Give me Andrew Wiggins right now. I call my 7-foot wingspan? Yes. Wow. Okay. We need positional length right now to guard the LeBrons, to guard uh, the Tatums to guard some of these, the Kevin Durants of the world. We don't have that right. Right now. Brandon Ingram lights us up. That's not happened with my guy Wiggins in town. Right now, I would rather have Harrison Barnes than the Wiggins we've seen this year. The Wiggins that you're talking about, if you could bring him back, yes, by all means. But I don't know why I should believe that 2022 Andrew Wiggins is going to magically reappear. Here we go, guys. Watch me dunk on Luka again. I wish that he were. <laughs> that was a tremendous dunk. That's one reason dunk. Dallas wants him. They remember that, right, too. Right, they remember that. Yeah. Oh, we got to get that guy. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, 
I, I, we 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 are gonna di- you know it's that gray area between your view and mine that right. is really unknowable. It, it, we just we don't know. Over it. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I, I'm a believer. Sometimes a changing of scenery can help a player out. Well, that happened with him. You're right. I right. mean, in, when he went from Minnesota to Golden State, that's what the Warriors said, and they were right. So if Mike Brown, you know, he has a, probably a good idea how they made that work. So yeah. I'm I'm doing what Mike Brown says. In this Somebody situation. in the nine one six. Golden State is toxic now. Put Wiggins in a good environment. That's what I'm talking about. Put him in a good environment because something yeah, I, went down. I, Something's I, off down there right now. I, I I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. Oh, Wiggins is a victim of whatever went wrong. The toxic environment in Golden. State. Everybody's underachieving in Golden State now. Uh, finally, Kaminga has been unleashed. Clay's numbers. So it's nobody's down. fault. Moody's can't get on the floor. Like the way they're running things right now. It's not a good organization right at this second. Then why Class see, people understand that, but right now they got some issues. Why are guys like Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis, they're young players, like they're playing really well if the Warriors are so toxic to young players. And Kuminga, let's not forget, whatever happened to Kuminga before, he's playing great right I'm now. How can you not give them some year, credit for that? Last year was the year from hell from Golden State, and there was so much psychological stuff that went on from the Draymond punch to Jordan Poole's exit to whatever was happened with Wiggins, he needs a fresh start. He needs a move, a change of address. Bring him here to sack. How much are you willing to give up for him? Again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, I don't. I, I got to look at the money and see. Uh-huh. But you know, his value is supposedly low right now. So that's why that's part of the reason why I want to bring him mm-hmm. because I feel like you could get him on the cheap. Yeah, I disagree with you, but I agree with you on this. If Mike Brown says, you know, we should do that, I'm all in. Okay, I'm all in. All right, we got uh, Chad Brown going to join us, yes. former uh, All Pro linebacker. Uh, we're going to talk to Chad about football, and also, uh, you know, he raises reptiles. Yeah, and we're going to, yeah, we'll talk to him about that too, because <laughs> snakes are very underrated pets. That and more when the Drive Guys return on Sackdown Sports. The Sacramento Kings return home to host the Detroit Pistons. Fox digs into the paint. He twists. He launches. He scores. It's the Kings and Pistons. Wednesday at seven on your home for Sacramento Kings basketball. Sacktown Sports. Jiffy Lube, a proud partner of Sacktown Sports, is sending Styles and Watkins on the road to Las Vegas. Whoa! Road trip. Starting Wednesday from ten to two, join the guys live from Radio Row. As they get exclusive interviews to prep you for the big game. Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Styles and Watkins live from Vegas, all part of our Jiffy Lube Road Trip on Sacktown Sports and the Sacktown Sports app. Your afternoon home for Kings Talk and so much more. The Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. So much more, especially this week. We've got the Super Bowl coming up. Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper, and our next guest, two-time All-Pro NFL linebacker, NFL analyst for ESPN, Chad Brown with us. Chad, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, before we get to football, the first thing I always like to ask you about, Chad, I know you own a company called Ship Your Reptiles. (laughs) Isn't a snake the most underrated pet there is, sir? Snakes are definitely crazy underrated. Yes. Uh, we all have a, a not, maybe, maybe not all of us, but most of us have a need to care and nurture something. But we got busy lives. Taking a dog for a walk every day could be too much of a commitment. So to have a snake, you can care and love and nurture for, but you know, you only see them once a week. 
You go yes. away for the weekend, he's not going to miss you. So the snake <laughs> is a perfect pet for today's busy person. Chad Brown speaks the truth, Kyle Draper. So we should just go out there and uh, all invest in reptiles, yeah. right? And, you know, Chad, I used to have this uh, rat snake. Her name was Gwyneth, and I used to take her out in the yard. And, you know, snakes are not supposed to be that smart. I could swear, Chad, she knew when it was time to go for a walk. She did her business. She had fun then back. I think snakes uh, also, I think they got a little more going on upstairs uh, than, than people think. But I could be imagining that. I don't know. No, no, you are correct. Uh, in the reptile world, we are learning a lot about reptile behavior over the last couple of years. And I think uh, research is indicating you are not far off. There's a lot of recognition <laughs> of patterns and people in places within snakes. Wow, how about that? Okay. Now we got to talk football, Kyle. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, oh no. You, you got, <laughs> no, no, because I, I know Chad's been in, into reptiles uh, for a long time and uh, – you know, Chad, uh, one more question on that. Where did that love come from? Because I know it's been a, a few decades now. Uh, Chad, you're cutting out right there on us. I was in Southern California where I grew up. I yeah. found all kinds of snakes and lizards and frogs in my backyard. So uh, I was, you guys catching me okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got, got you. you. We got that part. You're back yep. now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, so uh, there's always been a lifelong passion for reptiles. And once I got out of my mom's house, that's when I really took a deep dive and started collecting animals with the goal of becoming a reptile breeder. And that started when I was at the University of Colorado back in the late 80s. Wow, Chad Brown with us. Chad, is Brock Purdy's ability to slither for extra yardage something the Chiefs need to be especially <laughs> concerned with on Sunday? Uh, I, I think they do. You know, most folks don't think Brock Purdy – as a runner, but as he proved the last playoff game win, he can certainly get it done with his legs. He can put pressure on the defense that way. So if you're Steve Spagnuolo and you're drawing up a defensive game plan, I think you have to recognize that in critical situations, you're going to have to leave a spy there to handle Brock Purdy's escape in the pocket. Uh, Chris Jones is a great pocket pusher, uh, but the Chiefs pass rush is not always super disciplined with their pass rush lane responsibilities. Having a spy there who's equally as good as athlete as Brock Purdy would eliminate most of those long runs that he had in that championship game. Hmm. Chad Brown joining us, a great linebacker during his career, played in the Super Bowl before. Chad, as a player, what's the most difficult part about getting ready for the Super Bowl, playing in the Super Bowl? I think the most difficult part is doing too much um, or putting the hay in the barn too early. Uh, I think because you have the two weeks, because it's such a critical game, the instinct, if you're a film guy, is just to go back and start watching all this film. Let me watch every single game they played this season. And you can fill your head with too much stuff. Also, if you're a coach and you install all the game plan while you're in your home city before you get to the home city, when you get to the host city, the guys are bored. They're no longer paying attention. So you've got to hold back a couple of things as a coach to keep the guys dialed in. Hey, here's a new trick play we're going to run in practice. Here's this fake we're going to maybe call on special teams. And that's something to keep the guys engaged with the game plan once they get to the host city where all the distractions are. Chad, you mentioned uh, Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, he said this week, I thought this was interesting, he likes to watch broadcast footage in addition to the All-22 stuff 
because when he watches a you know, TV version of a game, he can see a quarterback's eyes and expression. How useful was it for you as a linebacker? Were there things you could learn about a situation watching a quarterback's eyes and face uh, during a game? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I'm not surprised that he would say that. There's a lot of coaches who use that. Sometimes you can hear the cadence. Sometimes you can hear the audibles. You can hear some of the line communication as well. So there's a, that part. But the ability to see the quarterback's eyes, when he wants to look off a of safety, does he come to a line of scrimmage and stare that safety down? Well, that could be an indicator that he wants to throw the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So all these little tells in a game that I expect to be incredibly close are going to be critically important. So for Spagnuolo to, to look at the TV copy and try to discern anything he can get from Brock Purdy's eyes or Christian McCaffrey's eyes or George Kittle, the way that he lines up and what he looks like. If we get a chance with the TV copy to see so much of those close-up expressions that you would never able to be able to see with all 22 copies. Huh. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Chad Brown joining us, uh, great linebacker, uh, Pittsburgh, New England. Seattle. Seattle, exactly. Uh, Chad, you play with some great quarterbacks, and, and I want to bring up Tom Brady here because, you know, what we're seeing Brock Purdy do is sort of Brady-esque, you know, coming in and, and leading the team to a Super Bowl. Uh, what do you make of uh, Brock Purdy and some of the comparisons that he's being uh, put up, put up, you know, placed upon him? Uh, I called some of Brock Purdy's games when he was at Iowa State. And I thought, of all the quarterbacks I saw that season in college football, he probably had the best processing ability. Was he the best athlete? Nope. Did he have the strongest arm? Nope. But his ability to process, his ability to get the guy to the right, get the ball to the right guy at the right time, was really good for a, for a college football player. I did not think he would have the same level of success that he has had in the NFL. But I think you tie him with a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who's obviously a great offensive mind. You put him on a team with the amount of weapons that he has in the skill position, then a quarterback doesn't have to necessarily be awesome or one of the elite quarterbacks in the league for that team to be successful. I certainly think he's far more than a game manager, which he's been branded as. But at the same time, I don't put him up, up there in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. So I think he does a, a tremendous job. He's good enough for them to win a Super Bowl championship. But let's face fact, the quarterback on the other sideline, if we're going to start having some Tom Brady uh, comparisons, he's a far more apt comparison than, than where Brock Purdy is right now. Yeah, Chad Brown with us. Uh, speaking of coaches, you, of course, played for some all-time great coaches, two of whom just lost their jobs. They're, they're not going to be coaching next year. Who knows what the future holds? But could you tell us, Chad, in your opinion, having played for both Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, what made them uh, as accomplished and as successful as coaches as they were, in your opinion? Uh, for Pete Carroll, it was the culture that he created. So I was, I did not um, – I was not coached by Pete Carroll. Okay, My younger brother was coached, coached for him. At, I was coached by him at USC. Yeah. But I did a coaching internship in Seattle with Pete Carroll. I uh-huh. also did one in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Wow. Um, so for Pete Carroll, it's all about that culture. So the Pete Carroll that you see in press conferences, the super positive, the energy, chomping on the gum, got so many words in his head he could barely get them out. <laughs> That's who Pete Carroll is. But that culture of positivity makes every player feel valuable, makes every day at work incredibly fun. It was the first time I ever saw a basketball hoop in a team meeting. And, you know, if 
if it was going to be a, a one-on-one day during, during training camp between defensive backs and wide receivers, well, he would find two, one receiver, one defensive back, who maybe were all part of the Big Ten. One guy went to Michigan and one guy went to Ohio State. All right, Michigan, Ohio State, right now, free throw line. And he would work on competition and wow. live in, in that comp- competitive moment. So that very positive atmosphere, but always having fun, but always, everything that you do, you always compete. It was an amazing environment to be in. As an interim coach, you know, my alarm went off at some days at 4.45 in the morning. But I was excited to wake up every day and go to work because what fun thing are we going to do today? Wow. That, this was during training camp. You take that, you contrast that to Bill Belichick. It certainly wasn't fun like that as a player. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't fun for the coaches either. It was an incredible amount of work, but it was the purest and best football environment I'd ever been in. The reason why they had all that success out there, the reason why they got all those Lombardi trophies in their trophy case is not because of Spygate or cheating or anything like that. It is because that entire organization, from every player, the first guy to the 53rd guy, and all those coaches were the hardest working group of football people I had ever been around. Um, as an NFL player, you have a key card that gets you into the facility. Um, and as a veteran player, I was in year 15 my last year in New England. And so I was there sometimes incredibly early. Sometimes I went in there late. Sometimes I went in on my off day to get extra treatment. I could go in at 10 o'clock at night. If I was sore, I wanted to freshen my legs up. I will get in the ice tub. I was there one time in the two and a half years that I was a New England Patriot where Bill's car was not in the parking lot. Wow. One time. And by the time I left, his car was in the parking lot. So I was like, <laughs> this dude is always here. <laughs> so I've had coaches say, I'm doing everything that I can. And, and I would think, no, you're not. I see your car is gone by 7 o'clock, man. You're not doing everything you can. Dang. Versus Bill, if Bill were to ever say that, he would never say that. He was literally doing everything he possibly could. That's incredible. That's a good story right yeah, there. Chad, real quickly, uh, you know, a, a couple more, if you could hang on. With Bill Belichick, why isn't why didn't he get a job? Has the game passed him by? There's this narrative that, you know, it's a different game now than when he had his success with Tom Brady. I don't think the game is different. I think Bill can still draw up a defensive game plan that can stop any high-power offense. The personnel issues, which have become more and more clear over the last couple of years, even when I was there uh, back in 05 and 07, there were some questionable draft picks who got the training camp was like, that dude can't play. Um, <laughs> so that was odd that this guy who had such an amazing football mind and could bring in such great free agents could not necessarily draft college players very well. Uh, but I think the biggest issue for Bill is he still wants all the control. Mm. And so for, for Bill to be the head coach of a football team where he wants to still pick the groceries, if I were a, a, an owner – I'd say, no, uh, you haven't, don't have the track record for that. Mm. I want you to coach my football team, but I need someone else to assist you on the personnel side. Chad, uh, you're one of our favorite guests. Um, we have great information today, which we appreciate. I'm contractually obligated to ask you before you go if you can give us a prediction for uh, this game. Is it going to be a close game? Who do you think is going to end up winning on Sunday? Uh, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. I believe it is going to be a close game. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sorry to bum you out there up in, there in the <laughs> Bay Area, Northern California. Uh, I just think the unevenness 
of the 49ers playoff games. Mm. Gives me a lot of concern, particularly defensively. Issues that they had in those games, and some even late in the season, I haven't seen those issues solved just yet. Versus the Kansas City Chiefs, who had an incredibly uneven season compared to what they've been, yet they were able to flip the switch in the playoffs and become the team that we all thought they were. So uh, I think the even versus uneven play gives the Chiefs an advantage in what I expect to be a very close ball game, maybe a three-point victory kind of thing. And somebody wants to go to ship your reptiles, what's a great starter reptile for somebody, Chad? Somebody wants to have a reptile as a pet, they, they don't have a lot of experience, what's a great starter reptile? Well, if you're a lizard person, I think you could uh, hear the dragon. That would probably be a great bet. They love vegetables. They love bugs. You don't have to worry about mice or rodents or anything like that. They're quite personable. They're smart. And as far as the snake goes, it is hard to beat a ball python. A small <laughs> python species from West Africa, they come in literally thousands of different color and pattern combinations. Folks have bred over the years. They're available at every pet store in the country. Um, that's probably the best pet snake available. Thank you so much, Chad. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game. We hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Chad, take care, man. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. That's yeah. What a great story about the coaches. Right. Yeah. How about that? And yeah. You see why uh, players love playing for Pete Carroll, right? Uh-huh. It makes it fun, man. You You'd know? think at some point somebody get tired of that, but if he keeps it fresh, keeps I guess players fresh. are yeah. grateful uh, for some fun. All right. Uh, when we come right back here, uh, as we mentioned, a red flag for the 49ers uh, that everyone's ignoring. Uh, we'll tackle that next year. When the Drive Guys return to the Golden 1 Center, Sacktown Sports next. Live and local, it's the Drive Guys. Watch the show on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen on the Sacktown Sports app. Thanks again to you for joining us. Also to Chad Brown, former All-Pro linebacker. Uh, he was just our guest talking about the Super Bowl. Can't believe he's going Chiefs. Did that stun you? No, not he's at all. He's supposed to know what he's talking about. <laughs> Chiefs, what? But uh, Chad Brown, who raises reptiles, we asked him, what a good starter reptile is. And so on the chat here, Kyle, yeah. you put thrown around, what what uh, what reptile would you want to start with? And uh, your boy Compio, your boy Compio says alligator. And I, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that's legal. I don't know. Mega Death Knight says, I wanted a baby alligator as a kid so bad. My grandma was going to do it. Mom, shut that down quick. I got, I got, uh, a, got turtle. a turtle. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Our boy Compio, man. I tell you what, he is a piece of work. It's like, uh, my nephew had one. Like, it's like my nephew has a turtle and a corn snake. It's yeah. just the same nephew who's cousins with Ray Allen. Or, yeah, I think like, so. Guy always yeah. Got a story, man. Somebody on the text line also said chameleons. They want a chameleon as a, okay, as a okay. reptile. That'd be nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't be able to find it. That's the problem. That's right. Yeah, with the color okay. changing. Sure, okay. sure, sure. All right, look. Push has come to shove here. Here's what I'm concerned about with the 49ers. Yes. Uh, we touched on this last week. Do you know that they watched the game film of their win over the Lions? And one thing Kyle Shanahan talked yeah. about, and then Steve Wilkes talked about it, and now the players are talking about it. And no one's denying it. Everyone's going, yeah, yeah. that was inexcusable. A, a lack of effort defensively. Uh, last week, Steve Wilkes called it unacceptable and embarrassing. 
On multiple occasions, the 49ers defense didn't have all 11 players giving maximum effort. Mm -hmm. And that's the word. That's not somebody, you know, Stephen A or somebody. That's the freaking coaches saying that. And then the players going, yeah, that's true. It won't happen again. And I think primarily it's one guy. No one is calling him out. But I think it was primarily Chase Young. Really? Yes. Well, there's that one play uh, that is making the rounds on the Internet where it looks like he's giving about 60%. Uh, effort and I, I don't know was it Montgomery or I, I forget who it was that had the ball but yeah no I, and we yeah, I think it was Jameer the, Gibbs was it Gibbs all right it was Gibbs I think we yeah. can't put this all on uh, Chase though right well here's the thing I don't know who all to put it on but everyone is talking about it. like uh, uh, to Sean Gibson says uh, that's something that never needs to be coached that's something that right. never needs to be addressed everybody on that film can at some point on one of those plays, point it themselves out and say, man, right. I could have played with better effort on that. That film was hard. You had to see that, and you had to hear some choice words because that's not our brand of football. We're a lot better football team than that. It's nothing I'm worried about moving forward. Well, it's something I'm worried about because that is <laughs> mind-blowing. But you know what it is, Whitey, and look at the caliber of competition, if you will. Not even the caliber. The names. I think the Niners sort of took the Packers, took the Lions, and overlooked them a little bit. And I know it's crazy to say this is the NFC Championship game. But best believe Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs got their radars up. Like, I I can't see effort. If effort's a problem in the Super Bowl, that – that can't happen. That, You're right. That, yeah. You're so right. I think they might have, you know, just, uh, we, you know. Because it was the Lions. It's the Lions. Uh-huh. You know, that's what I think. Yeah. The most evident play to the point that you just made here was uh, was Jameer Gibbs, 15-yard yeah. touchdown run in the first yeah. half. Chase Young was seen jogging towards him uh, when he cut back in front of him for the score. Yes. And so, you, and yeah, you've probably seen the film. Chase Young kind of runs over, and it's, I think Kyle talked about it. Kyle Shanahan says, you, you can't assume someone else is going to make the play. Right, and it right. clearly was, it's not my play. I'll run over there, but someone else is going to make the Somebody tackle. Got it. Nobody yeah. did. Nobody did. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, with this Chiefs team, they're so exclusive. I know the offense hasn't been that good, but against Patrick Mahomes, if you're not going all out against this guy, he'll make you look foolish out there. Against Travis Kelsey, he'll make you look foolish out there. And I do worry, not worry, but this is something like – the Chiefs don't have big-name wide receivers. They've been much maligned all season long. And so hopefully, if you're a Niners fan, your defense respects the passing game, the deep passing game of the Chiefs. You know the Super Bowl history. Doesn't yep. Rice seem like one of those guys? It's like he's a nobody all year long. And then Super hey, Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Yes, I was watching uh, You know, ESPN earlier. It was yesterday or today the most unlikely Super Bowl MVPs and, like, mm-hmm. Larry Brown of, of the Cowboys back in the day. You know, there's there's always that one guy that, you know, David Tyree, like, yeah. the next day, you know, it's yeah. not a player, but nobody expected, but he makes a great catch. And so I, I, I agree, man. It, it, a lot of times it doesn't come down to the star players. Right. It comes Malcolm Butler. Making right, a play exactly. against uh, Seattle. Yeah. It comes down to some of the other guys maybe stepping up and having, you know, one of those memorable career kind of games. With Rashid Rice. Great point, though, right there. 
Yeah, yeah that was a great, great point, point right, there. right there. Thank you. Yeah, Rice looks like, to me, one of those guys that's not necessarily like, uh, he's not that good, but he's going to have a big day. To me, he's like, he's better than we know, yes, right? He's yes. proving us now that now he's a he's legitimate player now that he's getting a chance. Exactly, and you got to watch out for him. You're 100% right. And, and so when you look at, you know, th- this Chiefs offense, you know, I think, like, we go back to Darius Toney, you know, last year against uh, the Eagles. And, 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 you know, the punt return, that sort of changed the game as well. And so I just think it comes down. Yeah, I'm not worried about him this year. Exactly. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm, I hear you. But, you know, it's somebody like that. Yeah, that yeah. You know what? Not necessarily on your radar. And you're like, dang, this guy, he much better than I thought he was, at least in that game. A lot of people picking this game. I heard Marcus Spears today on ESPN. And they asked him, who's going to win? And he starts out saying, you know, the 49ers are playing great. They're blah, blah, blah. Yep, They're yep. tremendous team. And then he goes, but he <laughs> says, I'm never picking against Patrick Mahomes. Do you Ooh. believe is Patrick Mahomes that good that, like, Chiefs are going to win because they have Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Can that even be? Yes. Because yes. What, uh, yes. <laughs> My guy Kyle Ledbetter. He's the guy who owns the Mahomes <laughs> I know, jersey. Mahomes jersey. I think so. I think what Patrick Mahomes does is he instills belief that, there's, you will always find a way. And the one time he didn't in the Super Bowl, well, you're going against Tom Brady, you know? You're going against the all-time GOAT. And so that's the thing. Even when they beat the Niners a couple of years ago, the Niners had him. Ten-point lead in the Ten fourth point quarter. Ten-point lead in the fourth. And Mahomes and then, wasn't even playing well. Right, he wasn't even playing well. But you always feel like you have a chance with Patrick Mahomes out there. If there's any truth to that, and if Kyle Shanahan suspects that at all, then the game plan is simple, and it's very basic, I know. But it's, we got to keep the ball and keep Patrick Ketchup on the sidelines. Mm. He can't hurt us if he's over there watching us chew clock. So do you expect this to be a ground game? Like, And we know uh, Kyle isn't necessarily married to handed it off 25 times. Like, this guy likes to air it out. Like, is this a CMC, you know what, we're going to run you 20 times kind of game? Maybe. I mean, you look at the numbers when they do run the ball 25 times or more. Clearly, they have a right outstanding record. But it's, you know, it's kind of, it's not like, well, let's just run the ball the first 25 times right, and we're going right, to win. Right, it's right. a byproduct of the fact that they're yeah. usually ahead. I think they come out hoping to jump on top early, and then once they get a lead, then it's time to start pounding the pounding ball around. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, 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 you know, if that happens, if that, if they can get an early yeah. lead, and we've seen this Niners team, man. Once they get, you know, they're like a, a, a train. Once it gets moving down the track, it is hard to stop them. And one thing, you know, this Chiefs offense has not been great. They've been good enough, but can the Chiefs put up thirty-seven against this Niners D? I don't know. Aren't you still puzzled by the fact that the Ravens ran the ball, what, seven times? Yes. Mike, what are you? What, that's not going to happen. In a, in a winnable what, game. In a winnable game, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, the Ravens, too, and, and you, I may be wrong with this, but I didn't think that was true to their identity. Like, the Ravens we saw against the Chiefs, that's not the Ravens I expected. Yeah. I expected a physical team. You know, you got a ground game. You got Lamar Jackson who can make plays with his legs. We didn't see any of that. Really. Yeah, the best basketball teams, the great Celtics, Lakers, yeah. they would play their game, and it's like, you have to adjust to us. Right. And the Ravens are good enough to do that, but it seemed like they felt like, oh, that's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. We're going to have to change things up a yeah, little bit. And once to. they did that, they were lost. They, they were lost. Yeah. They had them. You're right. Yeah. All right, when we come back. 
Tell you why whoever loses the game Sunday is going to be complaining about the officiating. Next with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. Your afternoon home for Kings Talk and so much more. The Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. never, ever, ever beat the 49ers. Hey, it's the Drive Guys here. A little Taylor Swift for you. I guess Kyle Ledbetter decided to play some Taylor Swift for you. Dude, on the drive into the uh, arena, I yeah. had Taylor Swift on loop. Did you? Yeah. yeah. What songs? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know them, but. My, my song I'm jamming right now, Anti-Hero. You know, that's a, that's her big one. Uh-huh. Yeah, song that, of the year. Yeah, song of the year. That That's a good one. Um, you know, I, I got it right here on the playlist. You know which song I really like? Kyle Ledbetter, you're a Swifty, too? Uh... Yeah, like, sir. Come on, man. Sure. You're, supposed, you're supposed to be like, Here, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, you know, it's, uh, it's our soundtrack. For the, would I ever go to a Taylor Swift concert? Probably not. I didn't watch the movie, but yeah, her music's really good. Yeah, Better Than Revenge is, is a good one, too. That's uh, on our old albums. Uh-huh. But that's mm-hmm. a good one, too. That, yeah. I, I jammed it at. That's on my playlist. It's By cool. the way, I appreciate that Kyle Ledbetter is trying to be supportive of you, but anybody who says, I don't think I'd go to one of her shows, you can't say you're a Swifty, right? <laughs> I would no. never go see her. He he wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not a Swifty. He might be a, a closet <laughs> one or don't want to admit it. i definitely go to her show. As I, a matter of fact, I've been looking up tickets to try and take my daughter but you know you have to go to Tokyo now, don't you? Yeah, Isn't she's at yeah. But then she comes back to Miami. And, oh, okay. And Indianapolis, I think, in the fall. So I'm I'm looking at it. Uh-huh. Looking at it. Yeah. Not a not a Swifty, but you know, a, a, a larger percentage than I'd like to m- admit of my Spotify algorithm is Taylor Swift. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> then, also, Drapes, this is our anthem for the week. You know, like we, the Kansas City people, got to be bumping the Taylor Swift all week because exactly. this is this is our week. This is our week for the championship. It would drive Niners fans crazy. Who knows how it's going to go? But I have reason to believe, and I think you'll you'll share my belief when I share this information with you. Reason to believe that whoever loses the Super Bowl is going to be up in arms one way or the other. For one thing, it's pretty typical. But for another. Uh, the Super Bowl head referee will be Bill Vinovich. And Bill Vinovich, fine referee, obviously, if he's doing the Super Bowl, he has a reputation for letting players play, mm. which was on display in his crew's work in the Bucks lines divisional round game. Now, with the Super Bowl, he won't have his regular crew because the rest of the officials, they're selected based on right. merit. But in that Bucks lines divisional round game, Bill Vinovich's crew uh, called eight combined penalties for the clean game let Not them bad. play yes yeah yes. let the holding uh, happen let it you know he's uh in some corners perhaps infamous for his crew's no call on the kill robbie coleman's uh, helmet to helmet contact 2018 nfc championship game against the saints that sent the rams to the super bowl so there's reason to believe that they're going to let them play and obviously, if the 49ers get jobbed, I'll be up in arms. But I will say, no, I'm in favor of that. You in favor? I was going to say, ultimate. I mean, if it's egregious, if it's, you know, make the call. What I think what's going to be interesting as we, you know, I feel like every game there's a questionable pass interference call. Either it was called or should have been called. What do you make of that? Uh, 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 do you... Let the defender play. Let the receiver play. How do, how do you adjudicate and officiate pass interference? I think it's 
really difficult. It's funny you say that because I've been watching it, and I feel like almost every time it's probably pass interference, really, by rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. really, right. it's almost like in the NBA, guy gets fouled all the time. It's just how do you determine, yeah, but right. did it have an impact or not? I'm glad that they're not allowed to challenge interference. Remember when they were able to yeah, do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was out of control. Um, but I think if there's a consistency that I, if an official if, or in the crew, if they're citing on, we're going to let them fight for the ball a little bit. As long as it's consistent and you're not, you know, looking the other way when a receiver's arm is pinned down so he can't make a catch, right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I also think, too, I think offensive pass interference should be called more. I feel like receivers get away with an awful lot now. Yeah, they do. I think it's one of those things where there's certain things they look for. Like, it happened to Kittle in the last Super Bowl against the Chiefs. If the officials think you extend your arms at all right. and make contact, even if maybe you don't, but if they think that, that's like an auto, that's like, automatic. That's pass interference. Automatic. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't do that, you got a fighting chance to get away with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> right? I just hope the day after we're not talking about an egregious call, like we were last year with the Chiefs and the Eagles, the holding call that didn't get called. I don't even remember. Yeah, exactly. No, it did get. <laughs> it's selective uh, memory over here. Right? I don't recall that. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I hope it's a clean game. And so if you're going to let them play, let them play then. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like that's what we're uh, we're headed for. I don't know. Does that favor either team? I think uh, it favors the Niners. Do you? They're a border- borderline dirty team. You know, they, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know they, they like to get away with stuff. And Okay, know. Drapes, you want me to make the exact opposite case here? Why it's, uh, Juwan Taylor, the, left tack- or, uh, the right tackle for Kansas City, yeah. had more holding calls this year than any offensive lineman in the last 20 years exactly. in the NFL. Uh-huh. He was starting off the line. He was holding. Kansas City has their offense has fallen apart when they've had penalties during drives this year. That's what I'm saying. They're more of a precision based offense, so it very much I think is going to help Kansas City if they're calling less penalties because yeah. ah, Kansas City's offense, mean. Kansas City's precision based offense struggles. Yeah. Yes, that's the only chance they have. Is okay, just hang on to Bosa for dear life. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on. I, I agree with you, Kyle. I like that. Let them play then. You know. It's going to help know. us. But but then when Bradbury holes on Kansas City, make exactly. sure you call it so that Kansas City can win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it would it would favor the Chiefs in the trenches, at least when they have the ball. But I think uh, uh, when it comes to receivers, the 49ers, you know, they're not a team built really on speed. They're not slow, but they have big physical yeah. receivers. Yeah, exactly. And if you let them play, yeah. you let the defense be physical with them, is uh-huh. that favor the Chiefs? Oh, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, it's going to be, awesome. be a great I game. Can't. And we're going to have a great game tonight when we come right back to the Golden One Center. Keegan Murray. Uh, Drapes brought this up yesterday. Is Keegan getting lost in the Kings offensive reshuffle? That's next year. The Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports.